podcast is brought to you by New Hope Baptist Church. For more information, visit the website newhope.net.au or follow us on social media. Peace. 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 How we long for peace. Basil said that the person who seeks peace is seeking Jesus. Basil lived in the 400s, the 4th century AD. He was a Christian. He was a passionate Christian. He was very, very smart. And he was deeply spiritual. And he became a bishop of the church. He was born in Turkey. And as he reflected on his own life, Peace, peace, how we long for peace. He, he came to appreciate that all the peace that he knew and celebrated came from seeking Jesus. And then as he reflected on the politics of his day and was a part of the, the last generations of the collapsing Roman Empire and all the, all the challenges of his culture, he took it even further as he reflected, anybody who is seeking peace whether they know it or not, are seeking Jesus. Will you believe this? This is the heart of the Good Friday message. And it's the heart of the story of Jesus coming to our world and the journey that we take with Jesus Christ. And it's an astonishing claim when you hear it so boldly put. We all desire peace. And if you're seeking peace, you're actually seeking Jesus. You're actually seeking Jesus. If you're an individual and you have a weight of anxiety and you just want a way out, you're actually seeking Jesus. If you find yourself in some conflict situation, some tension, some relationship conundrum, be it in a marriage or with siblings or at work or with a neighbor, It may feel to you like you are searching for smart answers, but you're actually seeking Jesus. Politicians engaged in huge issues with decisions that will affect millions of people are actually seeking Jesus. Will you believe this? Let me pray. Loving God, the claims of Good Friday are huge and the promises of the death and sacrifice of Jesus Christ are beautiful beyond compare. Stir our hearts this morning, awaken our faith, and lead us into the heart of your love, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to read a couple of paragraphs of Scripture this morning, and they are passages of Scripture that talk about Jesus as the source of peace. You will hear them as a fugue. Bach wrote lots of fugues. Do you know fugue music? It's a bit like having your iTunes account playing one song, your Spotify playing another song, and your YouTube playing another song all at the same time. And it's just that they've been brought into synchronization in incredible ways, but there's so much going on. I'm going to read you a couple of passages of scripture that are like a Bach fugue. There's more than one melody going on here. There are more notes than you can possibly hear in one reading. So just sit 
and let it wash over you. Let it touch you. Let the mystery of God's word speak to the wants of your soul this morning. Let the Christ who died for your sins and is here today speak to your heart as we reflect on these scriptures. And then I'll appoint appoint to a few of the notes, some of the highlights of the tunes to just help us appreciate that if you are seeking peace, you are seeking Jesus. If our world is seeking peace, it's actually Jesus that we are seeking. Will you believe this? So here's the first passage from Ephesians chapter 2. For Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, Paul is talking about the Jews and the Gentiles, one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to those who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. And then across in Colossians chapter 1, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation if you continue in your faith. I'd like to begin at the end. Without blemish and free from accusation. That is what Jesus offers. Now think about that for a moment without fault, and no one accusing. That's peace. That's peace. No one is accusing anyone else of anything. No one is pointing to the fault or the blame, and no one stands in a, in a, in a, in a, in a destroying fault and under accusation. Can you even dream of such a world? This is peace. This is peace, where you are not experiencing the weight of the blemishes and the faults of your own life and your own story, or you are not feeling the accusation of your inner voice. You're not experiencing the accusation of other people. You don't experience accusation from God. This is peace, extraordinary peace. And imagine this, not just personal, but interpersonal. Imagine this, not just individual, but cosmic, that is the peace we, we long for, where there are no blemishes and there is no accusation. Will you believe that Jesus died for this? So that is the, the picture 
And if we take that picture and go backward through these words, there's so much here. But I just want to name a couple of the things that, that, that Jesus does in the context of the cross, a couple of the ways in which Good Friday takes us to this place. Do you seek peace? I need to say this morning, if you don't seek peace, if you want a life of violence, if you are happy in your selfishness, if you want to push back on all of this, I have nothing for you this morning, nothing. If you want to be your own self ruling your own kingdom, it is a dark and challenging place. But if you seek peace, if you want peace in your soul, if you want peace in your family, if you want peace for this world between the warring factions and the broken places, oh, how we pray for peace, then we have a wonderful message this morning because Jesus died so that human beings made new, a new humanity, without blemish and no accusation. How in the world can this work well, in the book of Ephesians, it names three things that the cross did, and they're metaphors, they're pictures that Paul uses. The cross of Jesus Christ broke down the barrier, the human barrier between people. It, it abolished legalism, and the cross of Jesus assassinated hostility. These are big, big themes. Big, big themes. The cross of Jesus Christ broke down human barrier. What Jesus did on the cross actually made it possible for Jews and Gentiles, or substitute any groups that are at war, to find peace. How could that possibly happen? Well, it happens when, when the blemishes and the accusations aren't driving the conversation anymore. Every war in the world is about somebody accusing somebody else and that person pointing back and saying, that's not true, and then somebody pointing to a blemish, a fault, a failure, and somebody escalating, pointing to another blemish or fault or failure. Just think about your last argument that got heated and you went away feeling, ugh, that was really bad. It was all about pointing out faults and experiencing and offering accusations. And so two communities doing this build up an enormous wall, a barrier. The death of Jesus Christ breaks down those barriers. When individual people locked in a war, when communities locked in confrontation, take their eyes off of themselves, off of each other, and put their eyes on Jesus, when you look at the cross of Christ, when you contemplate the Good Friday truth, there's the possibility for everything to change. If you stop looking at the fault of your neighbor and you turn your eyes to the cross of Jesus Christ and you really set your gaze there, the one who died for the brokenness of the world, the one who is hanging on that cross as an expression of the heart of God, when you really look at that, when you turn your eyes back toward another human being, you'll never see them the same. When you enter into the next conversation, everything is different. And one of the reasons why we stay locked in mutual ac uh, accusation and, 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 and fault-finding is because we don't, we don't look to something higher. And when, when you look 
to what God has done coming into our world in Jesus Christ and what, what has been sacrificed for our sins, it is life-changing. Spend time thinking about contemplating on Jesus. Spend time thinking about how God came into this world, how the Son of God gave his life for us, and it will change the way you experience the other people around you. When you realize that God died for us, it's a little hard to keep picking and nitpicking at one another. Now, Paul pushes it further. He says, not only did the cross of Jesus Christ break down barriers, not only is this a point for us to focus on to allow us to see things differently, the cross of Jesus Christ actually abolished legalism. Or quite literally, in Paul's words, the cross of Jesus Christ abolished the law with its regulations and its admonitions. Now, that is incredible. What Paul understood, and he wrote about this in another place, is that the law doesn't fix you. The law just points out the problem. The law is like your bathroom scales. You stand on them, and it points out the problem. It does nothing to help you. And this passage is saying, God took away the bathroom scales. My wife and I were talking about this this morning. She says, that is good news. <laughs> the cross of Jesus Christ is good news. It is good news. And if people don't hear it as good news, we're not telling it right. We're not experiencing it right because it is deeply, profoundly good news. What does it mean to say that Jesus took the scales away, that Jesus took the test scores away, that Jesus took the accusation away, that Jesus took the law away? Paul wrestles with this. Does it mean it doesn't matter anymore? Does it mean he came into your bathroom and he sort of fudged the numbers on your scale so it doesn't look so bad? Not at all. Not at all. What it means is it's not the starting point for the conversation with God and the journey with God and the journey with each other. We don't begin with what the scales tell us. We don't begin in our walk with God with what the law tells us about ourselves. We begin with the love of God and the grace of God. And that changes everything. Our whole identity is gathered up in God first. And then we work on behaviors and choices and, and, and leaning into one another's lives and serving and helping and being the kind of people we are called to be. Not only is the barrier between us broken down, but the very thing that is accusing us and holding us captive can be dealt with in a walk with Jesus Christ. Something profound can happen in your very spirit where the things that accuse you no longer accuse you. And when this is real, what it actually leads to is a great desire to serve the one who has done this for you. A great desire to live in love and to walk a path of change toward that new humanity that God promises us to be. You see how big this is? Let me ask you again. Will you believe these things? Will you believe this? It, 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 it's, it's a choice, you know. You can listen to the preacher today and say, well, that's a lot of, you know. That. But I'm asking, will you believe this? Because the profound claim is that what Jesus has done on the cross has dealt with our blemishes and the accusations against us and between us so long as we walk in faith, 
So long as we lean into these promises of God and see them unfolding in beautiful ways. There's one other thing that Jesus' cross did. Brought down the dividing wall. It abolished the legalisms and reframed our identity as people loved by God. And, and there is forgiveness when we come to Jesus and ask him to inhabit our lives. The third thing, the cross of Jesus Christ assassinated hostility. The cross of Jesus Christ put to death, the scripture says, the hostility between the warring groups. Hostility is not just something that emanates from us. Hostility can sometimes exist, and you feel it, like an independent power operating between us. It can, it can exist as something that's almost like the personified embodiment of evil. The Bible wrestles to describe this reality. We have all felt it. We have all felt it. When a conflict escalates and you suddenly feel like there's something else going on here that is bigger than, than us. There is a, 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 like, like a force. And Jesus slayed that force. Jesus put to death Everything that we have allowed to gain momentum and be powerful against us in his death on the cross. He brought the wall down. He removed the legalisms. And he slayed the hostility that can sometimes get a life of its own. And he did all this because he wants a new humanity. He is creating a new humanity through his cross. Will you believe these things? Will you believe that Jesus died for the sins of the world so that our blemishes and the accusations can be taken away? Will you believe that Jesus died for your sins so that you can be a new human being in Christ? Those who seek peace, are actually seeking Jesus. Will you believe this? Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for the incredible gift that we celebrate this day in the death of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice for our sins, the one who has become sin for us, who has taken the blemish upon himself that we can be white as snow, the one who has received the accusation so that our charges can be dropped. The one who stands in our place, the one who offers us grace, who breaks down the wall, abolishes the legalisms, and puts to death the hostility in us and around us, O oh, gracious God, come to us afresh this day. Help us to see the glory of your cross and give us courage, give us passion, that we may believe these things. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.